Welcome to the Principled Podcast, brought to you by LRN. The Principled Podcast brings together the collective wisdom on ethics, business and compliance, transformative stories of leadership, and inspiring workplace culture. Listen in to discover valuable strategies from our community of business leaders and workplace changemakers. Hello and welcome to another episode of Season 4 of LRN's Principled Podcast. My name is Ben DiPietro. I'm involved in thought leadership here at LRN. With me today is Louis Sapperman, the Chief Ethics and Compliance Officer at Panasonic North America, previously the Chief Ethics and Compliance Officer at Dun & Bradstreet, among many roles he had there. Welcome, Louis. I appreciate your time today. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for the invite. I'm glad to be here. Thanks, Ben. Tell our listeners what sparked your interest in ethics and compliance and how your career path has led you to your current role at Panasonic North America. So it sparked interest. Uh, I was trained as an employment lawyer, did that in private practice for many, many years before moving in-house. And when I moved to in-house, I did it as an employment lawyer and a litigator. Did that for several years before getting involved in compliance in any meaningful way. I started getting involved in compliance through investigations the general counsel at Dun & Bradstreet asked me to revamp the investigations process for the company. And that really took me directly in line with everything that was happening with compliance and started piquing my interest a little bit. But when the then chief compliance officer left the company and I was asked to take over that role, I still don't think I had my spark, the true spark of wanting to be in compliance. That happened in the role, actually, after I was there for about six months and realized things were just moving so quickly. Change was happening constantly. This was in 2011 and 2012, both internally and externally. We had an FCPA investigation in China, which was just fascinating to me. There was change constantly coming out of the SEC and the Department of Justice on what compliance programs should look like. It was that that I think really sparked my interest, and I quickly grew passionate about compliance from there. And I was in that role at Dun & Bradstreet for about seven and a half years. We built a great team and a really great program that was recognized internally and externally. And it was time for me to find my next opportunity. When looking for that next opportunity, I was really looking for a company that would both have values that I could believe in and products that I could believe in. And with Panasonic, I really found that. I love the fact that we are driving the future of energy through our electric batteries and cars and our other energy efficient products that that we're building and our values that are based on 102-year history coming from our founder that really spoke to me. And it said to me that Panasonic was the type of company that I could go to and make a meaningful difference because I would be passionate about it. What are some of those core values? Our founder, Matsdushta, he laid forth seven core values. The ones that jumped to me immediately were contribution to society and fairness and honesty, but uh, untiring effort for improvement is amongst them. 
And each of the values, I think, as you look at them, have a direct tie into what we do in ethics and compliance. And so it's not like these are values that were written last week in conjunction with a PR firm. These are values that were written by the company's founder and are as uh, true and meaningful today as when he founded the company. You joined the company last summer, and obviously you came in, you had some goals you'd like to achieve for the department. What were those goals, and how did COVID sort of upend the plans you were putting in place or did it, and how is that all impacting what you're doing right now? At Dun & Bradstreet, I was lucky enough to lead a department and team that was really well-acclaimed, both internally and externally. And I want that for Panasonic as well. I want us to have a really great ethics and compliance team that drives meaningful strategic goals for the business, as well as builds Panasonic's reputation internally and externally as a company that is among the thought leaders in ethics and compliance. That's really what I want for the company. And I don't think that COVID has changed that at all. I will say that the entire time that we have been now working from home and the like has been quite a whirlwind. And I think my team, not unlike many teams that are supporting businesses now, we're busier than we've ever been because there's additional issues that are raised by COVID. But I think that it just challenges teams like ethics and compliance teams to be more creative and more innovative in the way they approach their jobs. We still have to get out there, communicate with our employees, make sure that the messages of ethics and compliance are getting out there from leadership and from our team to our employees so they understand the importance of doing the right thing. And in times of change, there's more challenge to that. But that just calls on us to be a little bit more creative and work harder to ensure that we're actually getting our jobs done well. As states begin to reopen then and the country is moving back to business, what are some of your concerns from an ENC perspective as you're watching all this happen? What sort of balance do we need to strike between protecting the privacy of workers and families and making sure everybody is safe when they're in the office or traveling to and from? I'm not sure if it's my employment lawyer background or not, but I have always been of the opinion that the health and safety of workers is paramount. And I would not hesitate to uh, take an action if the health and safety of employees and others are at risk. So that's got to be our first, our first focus. Uh, That said, the more we can communicate and ensure people understand the importance of doing things properly, the less likely people are to take knee-jerk reactions. You can protect the health and safety of your people while still complying with the law. It's not an excuse to say, well, I was trying to protect people, and so I started tracking everybody's temperatures. Well, that's fine if it's legal and if you are storing that information properly and in a private manner and it's not accessible. So you have to have both. You can't just say, I want to keep my my workers safe and healthy. You should. 
and that should be number one. But you should always have a clear focus on doing things properly. I don't think that can ever be lost in this. How should companies deal with employees then who maybe are reluctant to return to work and are happy working from home? If they're being productive, should they stay there? Or is it a matter of you know, depending on their job? Or how would you play that? If I think we can all agree that this situation with the pandemic is unprecedented in our lifetimes and in the, the world of business. It being unprecedented, it calls for extraordinary leadership. One of my favorite leadership qualities, and one of the ones that I think makes a great leader, is empathy. I think that organizations often lack empathy, even though they may be led by great leaders who have incredible empathy. I think that this situation calls for companies to exercise a level of empathy that maybe they're not used to in the normal course because they have a policy in place and that policy says we do this or we do that. Empathy sometimes says, yeah, we do this or we do that, but we really have to consider the impact on people. And that's not something that people are always comfortable with, organizationally speaking. So reach to your values, find a level of empathy within your organization that you can actually hear the concerns of your employees and react in ways that will help them. Because people will have real concerns about returning to work. So we have to do things to make that as effective and efficient as possible for people while also being fair to those who have reasonable concerns. Along with COVID, 2020 is being driven by a demand for racial justice and a redrawing of, you know, redresses and just trying to get people to play on an equal playing field. What role can ENC play in uh, furthering this discussion and pushing people to get together and talk about all this and make some changes that are positive? So the ethics side of the ethics and compliance role is all about culture and driving a company's values. I sent out a tweet early on after the killing of George Floyd, and I said that given this current situation, a company's values must have room for treating people equally and for allowing those within your organization to voice situations where inequality exists. If your values don't have room for that and you can't speak to that with confidence, you have to start by rethinking your values as an organization. Rethink where your organization's priorities lie, because it is clear that in our society, it is a priority to make sure that people are treated equally and treated with respect. And I think that it's really important for ethics and compliance professionals, if you want to be taken seriously, to ensure that the codes that you espouse and the policies that you purvey have not just the room for, but the strength behind them that say, we as an organization will not stand for, for inequality. So what else then can corporate America do to help address these issues of inequality? I think all corporate America should be taking long, hard looks within themselves. 
Corporations are some of the most important institutions that we have in America. We drive the economy and we have a huge impact on society. If we are not strong within ourselves as organizations, if we aren't taking the actions that we are espousing society should take, then we have to be focusing more on ensuring that we are actually building the environments we want. I think corporate America is a great Petri dish for building the type of society that we actually want externally. So I would challenge all companies to take time, not just talk, not just communicate. That's very important too. But take time to look within themselves and say, what can we do to strengthen our own cultures, strengthen our own internal society so that it reflects the way we want uh, society as a whole to be? Let me get you out of here with this last question. And it's a personal one for you. I know this issue of Black Lives Matter is very important to you as you and your wife have adopted a teenage Black son a few years ago. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about what this means to you as a white man parent of a black son, how the experience of raising your son is shaping and influencing the way you talk and think about all this, and how you talk about him with all this and to people in your company and just people in general, how it's shaped your life. I have always considered myself more aware of racial justice issues, more supportive of change in racial justice issues than the average person. And I've stopped thinking that. Not because I'm not, maybe I am, but because it doesn't matter. The killing of George Floyd, the protests that came, uh, have come after it, have really opened my eyes in, in lots of ways. I have an awful lot to learn. And I think that each person has to take time to admit to themselves that they have a lot to learn when it comes to racial justice issues. There's no authority on this. We all ultimately have to come together as a society to build that authoritative voice. And we have a lot to do. I have had what is known as the talk with my son several times, both before and after the killing of George Floyd. I think that talk is taking on more urgency for me. The fact is that I have a great appreciation that when my son leaves my house, he's 16 now and he has his learner's permit, and so he's driving. He'll have his license in about six months. When he leaves, he's not in the protective bubble that is our home. And I think we've seen from some of the incidents of, uh, as of late that even your home is not necessarily as protective a bubble as it should be. I feel I need to do a better job of helping him understand his place in society. And that place right now is not a good place. Society has so much to do and while all of this work is happening, while we are all learning together, he is still at great risk. Every time he walks out of my home, 
I went to a couple of protests myself recently, and I carried a sign that said, I can't keep calm, my son is black. It was, I I saw something on, I think it was LinkedIn, from a colleague, and they showed one of the, in the form of the old British signs, keep calm and carry on, that said, I can't just keep on, my son is black, and it spoke to me. I can't stand by and just let racial injustice continue to happen in our nation. We can't stand by and allow our nation to continue to operate in the same old ways. It's not about the law. It's been the law that we treat people, we should treat people equally for many, many years, more years than I've been alive. But it's about our country. It's about America. From my standpoint, America is only at its greatest when all people are treated equally and with respect. And that requires me personally to stand up and learn and take actions every day. And it's required of all of us as a country. And I appreciate the things that are happening around us now. Because in some ways, it's an awakening. For me personally, it certainly has been. And I hope that continues for many. I just want to thank you for that. And thank you for taking time. There's nothing else for me to say. You said it all. And uh, I appreciate you being open and honest like that. It's, It's moving. So with that, I'll thank you and wish you the best of luck going forward to you and your family. Thank you so much, Ben. We hope you enjoyed this episode. The Principled Podcast is brought to you by LRN. At LRN, our mission is to inspire principled performance in global organizations by helping them foster winning ethical cultures rooted in sustainable values. Please visit us at LRN.com to learn more. And if you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. And don't forget to leave us a review.